good, everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Vish Kumaran is sick, but fear not. We have dipped into the well of 49ers reporters and content creators. And here on this Labor Day, on a holiday, no less, is Jack Hammer. Jack, thanks so much for filling in for Vish today. No, absolutely. Thanks for reaching out to me, Rob. Glad we could do it again. Yes. No, I wanted to go earlier, but truth be told, Jack told me he had some things around the house to take care of. And I just like, I picture Jack Hammer around the house with the tool belt, possibly a drill. And like, what do you got? All sorts of tools going on over there? It, it wasn't, well, it wasn't the drill. I didn't have tools out. I was doing yard work. I needed to get some, some of the cleaning uh, done outside. It was one of those things, you know, the season's starting. So the, the days of, of being able to uh, get stuff done are dwindling. So I had to make sure that I took care of that before the season started. Yeah, those days are over. It's the first official game week, Jack. No more work around the house. There is only football for everyone, seemingly, except Nick Bosa, who remains conspicuously absent from the 49ers. And I want my pound of flesh, Jack. Tell me who who is responsible for this. Give me their names. Bring them to me right now. Why isn't Nick Bosa signed? It's got to be the 49er side. You, you know where, where I think where Bosa wants to go. I think it's the $34, $35 million, right in that range. You look at his, you know the deals that his agent has done in the past, and they're usually about 8 to 10% higher than the, the top of the uh, market. You look at right now, Aaron Donald, or Aaron Donald, excuse me, uh, <laughs> set, that, set that market at uh, what, thir- a little over $31 million. So you look at the increase, that, that means it should be about 34 and a half to 35. And it's, it's got to be coming from the 49ers at this point. I think it's, it's this, this, this discussion and what this contract's going to look like has been talked about for, for not even just this off season. It's been, we're going on like two off seasons of, of this discussion. Um, and the numbers not been known. The 49ers said that they put the, the money aside that they, yes. you know, put in. And so it's got to be coming from them though. I just, I think there's something on their side that they're not going all the way out and, uh, it's it's hurting. It's going to hurt them if he's not ready to go. This is so frustrating because, like you just said, John Lynch literally told us, "Hey, it's been budgeted for. We're good." They joked about it, and yet, how could we possibly be here? Why? Like, I, it's a failure to me by the 49ers. and I know that they want to, you know, try and save every penny they can and all this stuff. But when you spend all offseason telling me that you are in a Super Bowl window and Super Bowl window and we can't wait for Trey Lance to develop and we got to do this and we got to do that, it's our window now. And then your best defensive player, the reigning defensive player of the year, is not signed days before the first game of the season. That that doesn't make sense to me. No, this is, this is one of those, it needs to get done. And if I was thinking about this, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the last time we've seen a player of this type miss the beginning of the season that where it really was a, a team that like Super Bowl bound would have been the Dallas Cowboys. I think it was 90, was it 95 with Emmett Smith, where they mm-hmm. didn't get him signed. It took a couple of weeks into the season before they got him signed. Uh, and I think that's the direction that this is heading, because I thought that this deal was going to get done by yesterday. I felt like he'd be on the field today. He wasn't. Uh, and so right now. Everything is pointing to him missing at least a, at least this week's game, probably the first couple. And uh, the farmers are, in, and I think they need they need him. And you look at this whole situation. The Fortnite, I've said this a number of times. The Fortnite's need Nick Bosa way more than he needs them. A thousand percent. Andre says, "Sign him already." What are these morons trying to prove? 
Uh, also, Will SCH says, our window became a whole lot smaller without Bosa. You know, the Niners like to win these negotiations. And I just think that this is not a case. The win is just getting him signed. The saving, like, an extra million dollars a year or whatever, like, there are some players you just don't do that with. And he's one of them. Without him, they have no pass rush from the edge. Nothing. I, I agree. No, without him, they don't have, you know, they, they have a really good team, but they, and they have good rushers, but they need, he's the linchpin of that whole thing because the other guys are all uh, kind of rotational type of players. You can, you're going to get stuff from them, but they're not starting caliber guys. Uh, you know, Drake Jackson, if you put Drake Jackson, Colin Furr out there, that's an okay group if you're rotating them in, in that way, but right. having those guys along with Austin Bryan and Kerry Hyder Jr. is your likely four guys on the edge going into week one. Uh, that doesn't really incite a whole lot of confidence, at least for me. I, I don't want to get away from the Bosa talk, but what is happening there? Oh, what animal is in the background? There's some creature. Ah, it's a bird. I got. I'm, I'm, it's like a zoo out here. You can see all the, the bushes behind me. Uh, I got a bird up there. He's mad about something right now. He, well, he wants Bosa signed. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> yes. uh, Kane Crouch says, bunch of doomers in here. Am I supposed to be happy that Nick Bosa's not signed? Like, that's the thing, Jack. There's no reason for it to come down to the wire like this. They had all off season, and I would love to ask John Lynch, when did you actually begin discussions on this thing? Because I think there's an impression among a lot of 49er fans that they generally wait until around July, August, until camp to really get into these discussions. I don't know if that's the case, but if it is, then the Niners have egg all over their face. Yeah, I, 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 I highly doubt that that's when it starts. I think it starts right after the season in February, March. You know, you go back and they had a really contentious negotiation with George Kittle. We didn't really hear about it until after it was done. But mm -hmm. it was, you know, the way that they do their business can drive some. The, the, it's just it's weird. You know, I understand you come in low to, to get to the spot. But I mean, this is one of those deals where it's you know what you know what the, what the number is. All you're doing is fighting against yourself because he's not going to. He's not going to take anything less than he believes he's worth. And I think that's the biggest thing here. And, and that goes with, you know, it all comes back and kind of ask, like, who do we blame? If we're going to blame somebody on the 49er side, I think you really got to start by looking at Parag Marathe because he's the one guy that's been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the Trent Williams deal, Parag, it ended up being where Trent told Kyle, hey, go get this done. I want to play for you, but they're not giving me what, I, what I'm going to sign for. And then you have, you know, Kyle Shanahan go in and, and get it done. And, and right now that's not happening. And, and it kind of it makes me wonder if the Trey Lance thing has anything to do with it. I know some people have speculated uh, that there might be some, a little bit of a timeout, you know, from, from ownership uh, on Lynch and Shanahan as a result of everything that went on there. Oh, what do you mean by that? Let, I want to unpack that a little bit. Well, because, you know, they... They went to they went to Jed York and they're the ones that convinced Jed York that it was going to be a smart football decision to trade three first round picks and a third round pick for a quarterback mm -hmm. who then played eight games for your organization. You paid him twenty seven million dollars. You got nothing for that. That's a lot of money for them. What they for the return on investment. If you're if you know if you're, Jed York's fine with spending money, especially if it's going to pay off. But when it doesn't pay off, then you know you might say I'm not. Maybe I'm not going to let those guys just talk, you know, railroad me quite like I would have in the past. I, you know, that's just a guess on my part. It just seems like you're dealing with the most important, the second most important position on your team. And this is a bad move on their part. 
Nick says Bosa misses this game and pass rush doesn't show up. He gets even more leverage. I wonder how many games it will take before they get it done. That's kind of my thinking now. It's like at this point, if I'm Bosa, like, why not sit out the first game? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to arrive, you know, two, three days before the game, have to rush and get it in. It's like, I might as well sit out a game. It doesn't take away any leverage. Even if the Niners were to win the game, I don't think Nick Bosa has suddenly has less leverage. If he sits out a game, so to me, I'm I'm kind of already chalking up week one as no Bosa. Yeah, right now with, with where they are, you know, I know Matt Mayoko said that if, if he gets signed uh, even on Saturday morning that he'll play on Sunday. I don't think so based off of what we've heard from, from Kyle Shanahan, what he said on Friday was that he wants to see him in practice for a couple yep. of days because they have more important things in week one uh, in terms of their overall goals for this season. So I think they need to get it done sooner. That's why I, I'm – if he's not on the field on Wednesday, I don't think he plays. So mm-hmm. that's kind of your your time frame that it needs to be done before I think Wednesday if he's going to play here week one. Um, and beyond that, I, I agree with this the take that if they don't get it, the, if they don't get it done, and they go out and the pass rush is non-existent, they lose to Pittsburgh. Um, I think it all just that's worse for the 49ers. It's better for them just to get this thing done because everything, all that momentum goes to, to Nick Bosa uh, if it doesn't pay off for them. And it's funny to me, we've already seen people start to turn and it happens all the time in contract negotiations. People are turning on Nick Bosa. I heard on my live show on Friday, somebody said he's not that good. Somebody said he's never dominated in a playoff game, which is insane to me because the man had 12 pressures in the Super Bowl as a rookie. He also had a strack, a sack, excuse me, and a forced fumble in that game. He's got more sacks than career playoff games played. Like, what are we talking about here? But it's working. You know, the Niners kind of put out through their feelers like, oh, they've made him an offer to make him the highest paid edge rusher, but not the highest paid non-quarterback. And I feel like, you know, Lynch said he wasn't going to negotiate through the media, but they're kind of starting to negotiate through the media. Yeah, I totally know what you're. I totally get what you're saying there because that is the way that that it's gone. And you had Albert Breer kind of put. I think it was Albert Breer that kind of put that out there, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of putting that out there for the organization because uh, you, you know that he has their, his uh, connections within that group just by the interviews that he's he's been able to do. So he put that out there, and now you now the pressure is shifting from the 49ers with some people to the player. And, uh, you know, it's just the way that these things, these things work. I'm on the player side though. You go, you get every single yes. dollar that you can because your time is so limited, um, that you, you just, you go out there and you get the best possible deal that you can. Cause it doesn't make sense to do anything else. And like people are getting a little nuts. The other thing I heard was, oh, he's injury prone. It's like, well, actually outside of 2020, when he hurt his knee, he's missed one game ever in his career. So like, it's wild to me the takes that people come up with. He's torn his ACL twice, okay? This, for all Nick Bosa knows, this could be the last contract he ever signs in the NFL. He has to get as much money as he can. I know a lot of people are saying, well, what if he's being unreasonable? For him, you've got to do everything you can. So I'm with you. I'm completely on the player side. It's not your money, people. <laughs> like it's not your <laughs> money. Let him. There are some guys that you just sign. Just pay them what they want to get it done, and you can figure out the rest of the roster around them. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I got the Nick Bosa train's going to be coming by right now. You should probably hear the whistle in a second. <laughs> but the, the deal when it comes with this thing is, and you're right. He's 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 only what is he 25? So he's going to you know he might have another contract after this. But this is the this is his prime earning years. 
So he, he's got to go after the best deal possible. And to say that you're that this guy's injury prone, and he was more injury prone in college than he's been since the 40 since he joined the 49ers. His brother's the one that's injury prone, not Nick. Nick's been very healthy for the 49ers, mm-hmm. other than other than 2020 in New York against the Jets. See, there goes the train right now. <laughs> the, the, you know, other than that game with the Jets, where a lot of people got injured in that one for the 49ers. And beyond that, he's been just he's been dominant. And that's the thing. He's only played 51 games. Uh, and besides, you know, with those numbers, he's still sixth most sacks in the league. And that's with missing o- since 2019. That's uh, with with missing almost all of that 2020 season because that injury against the Jets came like the second possession of the game. Yeah. And it was week two. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bosa's played 16 games his rookie year. Then he got hurt. Then after that, in 2021, he played 17 games after coming back from a devastating knee injury. And he played 16 games last year. So he's missed one game outside of that 2020 season in his career. I'm just stunned that even with somebody as good as Nick Bosa, people just turn on him. The takes, like they just get to a point where they want the player signed. And as long as the team has any offer out to that player, fans think they should just accept it. Well, he should care about winning. He just has to accept it. No, the 49ers should just pay him what he wants because they're in the Super Bowl window. I'm totally on Nick Bosa's side. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's like, you know, like, and here's the thing. There's one over there. There's a comment over there on this on the side that that uh, that one there where Kruger, you know, it says Kruger did have a point about you can't give the got the roster to sign one player. OK, now we let, let's stop for a second here. They're not going to get the roster to sign Nick Bosa. This this comment. I love Larry, but this is a pro team comment right here. Yep. Because this this isn't gutting the roster. You can how many how many teams have been able to make to the super bowl paying their quarterback big money right well with the foreigners it's a little bit different they're going to pay nick bosa they're going there's two spots on your team that deserve to be paid the highest your quarterback and your best edge rusher especially if he's a defensive player of the year caliber player like nick bosa is and they can do everything that they want to do they just need to get him signed because once you get them in, you can restructure this deal. There's all kinds of things that they can do to make it work for the team and the player where he makes a lot of money. <laughs> and, you know, people are worried about Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's deal isn't going to be impacted by, by this one. We heard the same thing as an excuse for them giving up on DeForest Buckner. And what did they do? They realized now a couple of years later that they screwed up and they gave the <laughs> same deal to somebody else who – I don't even think it's as good as DeForest Buckner. I, 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 Javon Hargrave is a nice player. He's a really good player, but he's not as – come on now. DeForest, Buck, DeForest Buckner was an all-pro with the with the Indianapolis Colts after that trade, and they could have had that guy and Eric Armstead. Seriously, they could have had all of it if they had just chosen, but they decided they didn't want the player. NFL salary cap has all kinds of things that you can do for guys that you want. If you want to get it done, you can get it done. Not only that, and like – no disrespect to Brandon Ayuk, but he's Brandon Ayuk. He's not really as good as, or he hasn't produced as much as 49er fans think he's good. I'm not saying this. He's not as good as 49er fans think he is. If you just look at production, like we think he can be really good. We think he's going to make a jump. He barely had over a thousand yards last year. That's not that hard to replace. So even if signing Nick Bosa would cost me Brandon Ayuk, I still do it with a smile on my face. Happily, I happily say adios, Brandon. I, you're like, it's just not the same thing. But, but we, I don't know how the league has done it, but they have like 
gotten people to jump on the team's side in these debates, no matter who it is, no matter what they're asking for, it's always team first, team first, team first. And like, like you said, you can find ways to adjust. You can find ways to keep guys. This should not be a problem, especially with a team who's paying their quarterback the least amount of money that you can pay your starting quarterback. He's literally the last pick in the entire draft. And you save money by trading Trey Lance. There's just no excuse for us to be where we are right now. And it's incredibly frustrating. I think it's funny right now, uh, Rob, because they're crushing you in the in the comments for making a comment that I agree with with regards to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's a really good wide receiver. But the 49ers winning and losing games isn't going to come down to Brandon Ayuk being on the field or not. Right. It's just not. It's just not. They have if, if Brandon Ayuk is hurt and they have Debo Samuel and Ronnie Bell and Juwan Jennings and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, uh, nobody's going to miss Brandon Ayuk. Doesn't, and I'm not saying that Brandon Ayuk's not a nice, a good player. I like what he does as a receiver. I think he's really good. He's a good run blocker. But there's a lot of those types of players in the NFL and. Uh, I think we're just overestimating a little bit the impact that Brandon Ayuk has on this team. Yeah, I think that 49ers fans think he's better than he's produced. And I get it. Like, he's probably been held back by the quarterback play. He's got, I'm putting his numbers on the screen right now, if you're watching on on YouTube. He's got 1,000-yard season where he's barely over 1,000 yards. He had a career high in touchdowns last year with eight. That's a very good season. It's not irreplaceable by any stretch of the imagination. And if I'm, if you're saying that we have to have, we can't pay Nick Bosa because we're worried about keeping Brandon Ayuk. Like your priorities are not in the right spot. I can find another Brandon Ayuk. I can't find another Nick Bosa. The only reason he's on the 49ers right now is because Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL in 2018. That's it. Like you don't get these guys very often. And when you get them, you have to pay them. And you certainly have to pay them over a, a number two wide receiver. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And and that Uke thing, you know, you're going to, yes, the numbers are going to be better, would be better probably if you played in a pass-happy offense. Yep. Nobody's saying that they wouldn't. What I'm saying is that what he does for this team in terms of wins and losses, you get quarterbacks, defensive ends. Those are the guys that win you games even more than, you know, I know there's a lot of discussion about what comes first, the chicken or the egg, when you look at this pass rush versus DB thing. But trust me, it's de- there's a reason why defensive ends and defensive linemen are getting paid so much more now than corners and safeties. It's because that's where team, teams understand how tough it is to find those guys to get the quarterback, and they understand how tough it is to find a quarterback. Yeah, and you're right about the chat. I didn't realize IU had this kind of love, but, like, guys, oh, yeah. we got like, we got to relax here. We have to focus on, on, you know, what these guys have actually produced and not some hypothetical level of production that we think they're capable of achieving. And I agree with you, Jack. I think if Ayuk was on like the dolphins or the chiefs, I think he would put up incredible numbers, but he's not, he's on the 49ers. And for what he's done for the 49ers, you don't let that stand in the way of a Nick Bosa contract. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, you don't. And, and and even if even regardless, they can make it work for all the for both of them. They really can't because both of them the first couple of years shouldn't be that expensive. You, you you know kind of backload all these things, and you've got other players that you can restructure to make it all work. There's all kinds of things that they can do. Again, if that if they want to keep a guy, they they have tons of mechanisms at their disposal um, to work with it and, and make the players whole in terms of their cash. Because remember, this is where I think a lot of people get confused. The cap hit doesn't re- represent how much the player is getting paid. Right. And there, that's, I think, one of the reasons why sometimes people think that uh, the player uh, isn't being uh, taken care of as much as they are. So this is my question, because 
you know, they had the whole Trey Lance thing, but they traded him. They've moved on from that. That's that's gone now. But there does seem to be a lot of just noise around this 49er team with everything that happened with Trey Lance. Now we got this Nick Bosa thing. It just feels like there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of distraction out there for the 49ers. And I don't know if that can just, you can just play through all that and ignore all that. I just wonder, like, is that going to affect the team when they get out on the field? It, it could. I think that, you know, there's there are a lot of distractions. I think a lot of the distractions are outside of the team right? A lot of the distractions and the negative feelings about this team aren't within the locker room. It's more, mm-hmm. uh, it's more in the content creators or the media. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I just think we, there's been a lot of bad vibes from the outside, but I don't, I don't know if I feel that from the, from the team itself. I think the team itself is in a pretty good position. Judd says breaking news. Nick Bosa is <laughs> really good. Pay him. Yeah. Like you would think, you would think that that is, not a difficult thing yet here we are and, and the other thing i said and, and people jumped on me for on twitter is like i just feel like it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be so contentious when you negotiate with the 49ers like you mentioned before kittle his agent called it the saint valentine's day massacre trent williams had to call kyle and say hey i'm about to go to the chiefs can we get this done um there have been other people debo obviously clearly was not happy with his contract situation it shouldn't be this hard it doesn't have to be this hard and again, I'm not saying you do it with everybody where you just give them whatever they want. But but we know what the parameters of this Bosa deal were going to be because it's based on TJ Watt. It's based on Aaron Donald. Like you're not coming up with this thing out of thin air. And if you're in this Super Bowl window, you should just do it and figure it out later. You can't have both. You can't say we're in a Super Bowl window and then, oh, but we can't sign you to the deal you want because we have to worry about three years from now. Those two things do not compute. Yeah, no, they can they can make and they know they can make it work. They just need to get it done. I don't know what it is. Uh, it, it this deal should should have been easy, uh, and it needs to get taken care of. Will it get taken care of? It, it's it's not going to get taken care of in time for week one at this point. I don't think it's just Oof. it's just driving not too long because week one again. If, if he's going to play week one, it needs to be done by Wednesday morning before practice. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't need Nick Bosa in week two. And we have you seen the 49ers schedule? It's it's kind of easy after week one. Let me throw it up on the screen really quickly. The Rams, you don't need Nick Bosa against the Rams. You're gonna you're gonna boat race them. You're gonna whoop the Giants. You're gonna whoop the Cardinals. I almost wonder if does Bosa's camp look at week five against the Cowboys, NFC game. Obviously, we know the history with the Cowboys the last two years in the playoffs. Maybe the they say are like I'm not missing any more after week five. That's when I need to be back. Maybe that's the time where they, you know, look at that as the actual deadline. I, I, uh, maybe I, you know, I think with, with Nick Bosa's camp, they're just, they're going to be, they're just like, Hey, look, if I'm not making this number, then I'm not showing up. And I, I really think it's, it's that easy to, to, to look at. And then we've been going back and forth with this discussion, not here, but just, you know, over the last couple of months, Oh, really, and even more so over the last couple of weeks. And it's it's one day it's positive, the next day it's negative. And uh, you know, when are they going to sign him? I, at this point, I, I'm almost starting to to lose any kind of uh, faith that it's going to get done early. Baldwin Blues says the 49ers shot callers have big egos. They're not going to let Bosa and his agent bully them. I mean, ego definitely enters into this thing for sure. We know Parag likes to win the deals. I don't know. Like, I think Kyle just is like, he just wants his guy there because that's all he cares about. I don't know. 
with John Lynch. How involved is John Lynch in these things? Does he just kind of leave it to Parag or it does his ego enter this enter into this? It seems like they, it seems like they, for the most part, like there's some back and forth communication, but the numbers are all coming from, from Parag and that, and the, mm -hmm. that group. Uh, and then they're kind of the, they're the, they're the guys that are doing the work. And John, John seems to be kind of the, the go between, at least that's the vibe that I get when you listen to the, the discussions that we've heard. And, and you're right, you know, in terms of how contentious all this stuff has been, it, it's, it's wild that, you know, all these deals are so tough, you know, Fred Warner's like, I think the one where we really didn't hear anything about even Fred Warner's like, Hey, you know, they're just going to do their thing. And, you know, I think it's this, I think Bosa's kind of like Warner in that he's just, feels like it's going to get done when it gets done and I'm going to be quiet about it. I'm be professional about it. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's gotta be frustrating for him. There's no reason to have it. So, so, so frustrating. I think. No reason. It has to be this way. I said that the 49ers only had a couple of things to do this off season. One was figure out what the heck was going on with the quarterbacks for better or worse. They've done that. It's clearly Brock Purdy. Trey Lance is gone. So that's off your to-do list. You didn't get anybody at right tackle, so you're going in with Colton McKivitz. I don't love that. And Bosa was this was the last thing on the list. I shouldn't say last, but he was the third thing on the list, and it's still not done. So it's like, what were you doing this offseason, guys? It's kind of annoying. Yeah. No, it is. And they, they need to – I don't know. They just need to wrap it up. I'm not sure exactly where the holdup is here, but uh, they, they need to get, get over yourself, get the deal done, and get your best player – on your defense into camp. I think they have a really good team. Really good teams only go so far. I think Nick Bosa is what puts them over the top. And I think that's why they need to get them in. Dan says stats, you're being naive. I don't know. How am I being naive? Can you explain? I mean, I've, I feel like I have a general idea of how the league works. Um, it should have been done. And the Niners are being crazy. One last thing I want to say to people, because this is the other narrative I've heard is, well, they should trade Bosa because you can save money and get a bunch of draft picks back and you could probably get a ton for him. And my answer would be, yes, you can, but you would spend all that money and all those draft picks trying to replace Nick Bosa, trying to find a guy that's just even half as good as him. And you probably would fail while doing it. So that is, that is not even something the 49ers should even dream about. Yeah. And most, and, and that stuff works really good on Madden. And then real life, it doesn't really work. Cause you look at the teams that have taken that kind of route. Like we're going to trade this really good player. Cause we're going to, we're going to build up all these picks and then we're just going to suck because we don't get the right guys. We've that is like Cleveland Browns one one right? They, they just, that's one of the reasons why they stink because they don't have, they don't have the, the right, they never got it right at quarterback. And then now they have a really good pass rusher. We'll see what happens at the quarterback spot. But, you know, you look through these teams that just aren't good. And how many, how many of these teams had a nice player and they let him go and then it just all fell apart? I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, anybody? 1990, what was it? 1992, when you traded away Charles Haley, what happened? Mm. He traded away your best pass rusher because you were fine everywhere else. Well, it cost you three Super Bowls in the next four years. Steve Young said trade nothing to Dallas ever, which I loved. Uh, and look at Javon Kinlaw, right? You you traded DeForest Buckner. You literally drafted a guy with that pick to replace him, and he's he's hasn't been anywhere close to the player. He's been hurt, whatever. The point is, you had proven production at that spot. You traded it for a lottery ticket, and guess what? You didn't hit the lottery in the draft, and they had to pay Javon Hargrave now to make up for it. So that that's why you don't ever want to trade Nick Bosa.
Yeah. And that's it. And, you know, real quick, that well, let's go ahead to the super chat. There's another good one over here from Randall, too, who says draft picks and paying his salary. Who is giving up all those draft picks plus paying his salary? You know, if a team's going to do that, they're not going to give up a bunch of first rounds because they got to give up so much money on the back end. But this is a good one from Harem, too. Uh, TJ Watt signed 48 hours before the season started and dominated. Why can't Bosa do that? And the title is pretty unrestricted. That's on my train. That's on my. We're gonna get to, we're gonna get to Brock Purdy. Don't worry. Oh yeah, okay. Well, we can get to Brock Purdy right now then, because uh, we've well, been. That's that's, uh, that's but I want to touch on this real quick. There's a difference. Okay. There's a difference between T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa, and how this is playing out. The difference is that T.J. Watt in that season when he signed 48 hours before the start of the season, he was with he was in Pittsburgh. He was at yeah. training camp that entire time. He might not have been practicing with the team, but he was around the team that entire camp. So it's a different situation. Nick Bosa has been who knows where. We, we had, we we know at one point he was in New York supposedly based off of Instagram. I got to be careful with that because at one time I I said Trey Lance was in Hawaii instead of in Santa Clara, and I was wrong about that. So, you know, yeah. uh, those whole things. But you know, it, it's just a different situation with T.J. Watt compared to Nick Bosa because of the fact that he was around. Absolutely. And look, I know that Nick Bosa is working hard and he's doing his thing, whatever. But I've still maintain you can't get ready for football without playing football and doing football. And Nick Boza hasn't done that. And even if he plays, is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to be on a snap count? It's not the same if he was around. Uh, Jay says that's I'm a hundred percent with you. Pay the man now. I appreciate that. All right, let's get to the other side of this. Cause that was the other thing you wanted to mention with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. He's back at practice. He was throwing. Apparently everything was fine. I know my ears perked up last week when I saw the whole, hey, Brock Purdy is, you know, he's really only throwing lightly. He's not really, you know, participating in the same way. And my ears perked up was because it was coming from the 49ers beat. So I was like, well, if it's weird to them, that's got to be pretty weird. And then John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan used the word I've never heard before, deloading. I still don't really know what that is, but Brock is back. He seems everything seems fine. So it was much to do about nothing. Yeah, this was a weird one for me. And it's one of the reasons I pushed back on it when it when it came out, because to me, this whole thing almost felt like I need an article to write because this is a dead week and we've got nothing to talk about. So we're going to all of a sudden talk about Brock Purdy not making all the throws. But (laughs) this is something that I saw during training camp, like back on August 8th was the first time I really noticed it. Um, and once I saw it, I, because you got to be a little bit careful with some of the stuff you write, you know, you got to, the team only wants certain things out in terms of plays and things like that. You got to be careful with. So with the Purdy stuff, I wanted to make sure that I was okay with reporting it. And so I talked mm-hmm. to two different people, uh, on the PR staff. They told me it's just part of the whole process in terms of, uh, his pitch count and all those kinds of things. And, and even, you know, cause he was taking reps off during the, the work, right? So whether it was the stuff when they're working with the coaches and the ball boys, where they're working on plays against air, whether it was throwing to receivers against air, he was just not making all those throws. And then in between practice during special teams, uh, there's a period where the, co- the quarterbacks go, they work on a side field by themselves. Brock Purdy wasn't, was taking only a couple of reps over there, but it was mostly Trey Lance and Sam Darnold and, and the other quarterbacks. So I watched a lot of the quarterbacks. So it wasn't like when this whole thing came out, I was like, what are, what are we talking about? He's been doing this all along. Um, and so I just, that's kind of what I felt. And then I know like, uh, your buddy Levin, he was pushing me on it a little bit. And I, I pointed out that he, cause he was like, well, it's 700 to 350. That's a big difference. And 
what I said to him was, well, part of it's because there's no game and there's only three practices. And you look at it, 350 throws over the course of three practices is still 120 throws, roughly. Um, so beyond, beyond, you know, unless they're counting throws in like walkthroughs or something where the media is not there, like the other practices, 120 throws in a practice, is, that's a lot to me. So I don't think that he really, you know, deloading as much as just like, the, I think the entire team deloaded, to be honest with you. Last yeah. week, so. Well, first of all, anytime you want to put, you know, put the smack down on Levin, I'm all for it. Don't hold back. Please properly put him in his place. I would very much enjoy that from afar. I'll say that. Um, I'm glad because I, I definitely got nervous because I'm still kind of amazed that we're here with this Brock Purdy, that he hasn't had any setbacks, that he's been throwing as much as he's been throwing. Like, it's almost too good to be true. I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's the thing. He's been really, like, from from day one, It's it's been wild how good he's been. I know you look at the numbers from his first training, you know, practice of camp, day two of, of camp. They weren't good, those first couple practices. But uh, the arm strength has been there from day one. Uh, that, that first practice is out there, a couple of deep balls down the right sideline that, you know, no holding back. And... Uh, when he started to throw it deeper down the middle of the field, it was there. You know what I'm saying? It was like his arm strength. There's been so many people questioning where his arm strength is throughout this training camp. And all I've been saying is it's it's there. You guys aren't just wait till you see it. It's it's there. He's making the deep out throws. He's making, you know, 25 yard throws to corners. He's throwing the deep ball. He's doing everything that you would want a quarterback to do in this offense. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching what he does. Uh, come Sunday against Pittsburgh. Now, when you say like those throws are there, do you mean like it looks like his velocity looked last year? Or are you saying like he's got sufficient pop to make those throws consistently in a game? Because I do question the arm strength. Even before he got hurt, I was a little concerned about it. No, he's making those throws. He's he's making, you know, like uh, there was a lot of talk this, this camp by myself about how well Trey Lance was throwing the deep out because he'd struggled with it so much. I don't, you know, but, and, and that's a throw that we've seen I've seen um, Brock Purdy make is that deep out. You know, he's, he's gotten better at it as, as the, as the uh, training camp has gone along his arm strength. I don't think there's any less zip on his throws from last year. Um, is there more? No, I don't necessarily think there's any more, but he's got plenty of arm strength. I felt like he had plenty of arm strength last year to make every throw in this offense uh, that they asked to be made. I don't, mm, I don't know if I totally agree. I, I, Again, I think he's got enough arm strength, but some of those deep throws, like a deep throw to Ayuk, I can remember, I think in the Bucks game where Ayuk kind of has to sit back and wait on it. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me, like in the preseason, I think it was the Broncos game, there was a play with Lance where he drops back, he's getting hit, and he throws the ball to, to Latu. It was deep, it was like 25 yards down the field, Lance is getting hit, the ball gets there, Latu himself said he should have caught it. Like, Brock, I feel like, has the arm strength if the pocket's clean and he can step into it and deliver the ball. But if if it's off-platform or he's getting hit or anything where it's not perfect, I, that's the, the situation where I worry. No, I totally, under, I totally get you. And, and that's a really good example that you just gave because I think it's very similar. Those plays are very similar in that, in that, on that throw that Ayuk made to – or that Purdy made to Ayuk. He's – pumping and then he's going so he's kind of throwing it flat-footed and he's got a guy that's starting to come into him as he's making mm-hmm. that throw so he's not able to really step into it same kind of a deal with lance on the other throw that's what i'm saying like i don't think the difference in their arm there's a difference in their arm strength but their difference isn't as 
massive as I think some people want to make it out to be. Because if he can step into it, he can drive it with anybody. But I agree. Flat-footed, he's not going to make a throw like Patrick Mahomes does. But I don't think that Trey Lance really makes a really nice throw if, his, if he's flat-footed either. I think their arms are a lot closer than people want to make it, would, would have wanted you to believe. Hmm. And, and, I, and there's, I put that up. There's, a, there's actually a video on my channel where they're throwing the same route. They're both throwing slants, same drop, same basically mirrored routes. And they're throwing the ball at the same time, and the ball's getting to the receiver at the same time. So it, it's an interesting – there's some interesting videos out there. Ooh, that's why you need to like and subscribe to Jack Hammer's YouTube page if you're not already. Um, I, I, I was surprised. I know this is kind of old news, but I'm just looking back. You know, we heard a lot of teams made offers about Trey Lance, and now I feel like there's teams that are coming out of the woodwork saying, no, we're not, we weren't really interested in Trey Lance. Like the Ravens just said no. I think the Lions also recently just said no. Like, why do you, I don't know why we're hearing that now. Like, what difference does it make? But why do they want people to know that they weren't involved? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You know, maybe, it, maybe if, uh, Maybe if, because they didn't take him, if, if Trey Lance does well, then it would look bad on their part. I, I don't really know um, exactly. And, or if it's being put out by somebody and it's not accurate, why not just go ahead and make sure that uh, that you're part of the, the whole process is just reported correctly. Last thing I want to get to, um, what the hell's happening at Kicker? Who's kicking this weekend? Do we even know? Jake Moody was kicking, but he wasn't in uniform. And, and Mayoko had a weird tweet about, I think it was Mayoko. He's kicking and he, he doesn't look like he's kicking too hard. And the ball's going three quarters of the way through the field goal post. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Is he going to play? Is he going to, and is he going to be good? Uh, there's a lot of question marks with him. Yeah, no, there, there has been a lot of question and, He's kicked really well on the practice field on Santa Clara. So that's the, you know, one thing that I can say, and I've seen a lot of them and in practice, he's been really good in the, in the games. You guys have all seen what's happened there. It's been a, it's been a kind of on the struggle bus over there, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to, you know, if he's healthy, I think he's going to be the guy. And I do think that uh, it's trending towards Moody being the kicker uh, here coming week one. I saw that. I just found the tweet from Mayoko. Here it is. Let me pop it up on the screen. Jake Moody was on a side field kicking from 33 yards, extra point distance, and he was swinging his leg very much under control and hitting the ball more than three quarters of the way up the net. Like, okay, I don't know what that means. So he was good to make extra points, I guess, and he was swinging his leg comfortably. The whole thing is weird. I don't like that. One, I don't know if this guy is healthy. And two, I don't know if he's any good. I don't know if his confidence is shaken or what. But all we heard about this guy was how he was so mentally strong and all this stuff. And then the first time he gets out there to kick in a real NFL football game, he's missing kicks that he should make. Yeah. And here's what I think he's saying, just kind of reading it now. I think what he's saying is that he's not kicking it as hard as he can, but he's almost he's getting it way up on the net. If you, re if you remember when he was kicking – early on, like during OTAs, he was actually kicking the ball over that net, kicking it into the parking lot. So I think what he's saying is that he's taking it easy, but even though he's taking it easy, he's still nailing the ball, if that makes sense. Even even without his full power, he's almost kicking it over the net. I think that's what he's trying to, to come across with here. Um, and it, yeah, the whole mentally strong thing, Moody was an interesting guy, even at Michigan. He was he was not good from from long distance, even though he had a, the ability to hit long distance. He was kind of a, there were some good and there was he was an interesting kicker. Uh, let's just put it that way at Michigan. I don't have his numbers in front of me during college, but I, I think if we look at it, he wasn't as consistent as you would hope. 
uh, no. for a guy that you're going to take third overall. He's got a great leg, uh, can kick it further than any guy that the Flyers have had in the past. He might help them out on kickoffs. That's, I think, where his biggest role might actually come in is what his ability to, to help the defense out with field position. Okay, but, like, you got to kick it through the goalpost, Jake. It doesn't matter how hard you can kick it. If it doesn't go through the goalpost, I don't really care. Um, I want to get to Sheldon. Super chat. Hell yeah, I was going to message last week and say you should do a show again with Jack. The last one was really good. Respect both of you. I have to say, Jack, last time we did a show together, I got a lot of positive feedback. People like you a hell of a lot more than Grant Cohn. <laughs> but hey, I don't I, I don't know why they like me more than Grant. Grant's a good guy. Uh, I do. I just do my stuff the way that I do it. Everybody's got their own way that they handle their business. See, I can make Jack squirm a little bit. Just throw Grant under the bus. It's fine. No, people don't know this about Grant. And I always say this. He's the nicest guy. When I got laid off, he called me and said, you should start a YouTube channel. You can do it. Here's some tips. I'll do a show with you. He, he like frustrates me and people on Twitter. But Grant is an awesome person. Mm -hmm. absolutely that's the thing is yes on on twitter maybe on his channel at times whatever but but as when there i sit next to grant at the games we talk at, during the games there i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for grant to be honest with you i started this whole thing when grant was at the press democrat i was just a guy that was commenting on his blog get blog you know pushing him all the time because of some of the stuff that he was taking and so we'd have our back and forth over there you know, one thing led to another and, and, you know, I started writing for him over at Sports Illustrated during the pandemic. And, you know, then I got the gig at the Press Democrat and through through what I did at Sports Illustrated with him. That's where, man, if you want to see somebody that does a really bad video, go look up that first article that I did at, for Sports Illustrated because all of our all of our articles had to have videos. Holy moly. My, I, I remember I shot that video and uh I sent it to my girlfriend and she saw it and she's like, you didn't send that to him yet, did you? I said, yeah, no, I sent it already. Yeah, it's 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 awful. So like, if you look at me now and you're like, this guy can't talk, you should go back and watch that one because that was even better. The first time of anything is always like anybody that writes, if they go back and read their first article, they're like, oh, it was terrible. The first show I ever did is, was terrible. I mean, a lot of my shows are still terrible. So yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's a journey for sure. But um, we appreciate you taking it with us. I appreciate you taking the time today to hash through all this stuff. I don't like it. I don't like where we are, to quote John Lynch. Um, and But the, the days are ticking away, and Pittsburgh's coming. And I just feel like Mike Tomlin's going to have his team ready to go. And the 49ers are, you know, just they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, it's going to this is going to be a, an interesting one. And I think, you know, we look at this game, and, and there's lots of different reasons why the 49ers people think they're going to win. There's some, you know, you look at Kyle Shanahan's offense since he's been here week one, the 49ers average less than 17 points a game offensively mm -hmm. under Kyle Shanahan week one. Yeah. You can, you know, they had 31 points against Tampa, but the offense only scored 17. So 16 and a half in week one under Shanahan. Uh, and it gets even lower than that. If you take out the blowout game against the lions. So uh, it, this is going to be one of those, you know, it's going to be a tough one. And I think this, what scares me the most is the run defense, because I think, you look at the way that Pittsburgh goes about their business, and if they do a good job of running on offense, I, Kyle Shanahan tends to struggle in those kind of games. I don't like it. I don't like any part of it. I don't like the Kittles already hurt. I don't like that they had three off days in a row. Now they're practicing today for like an hour, 
and then they're off again tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, people. This is not what I want to see when you start slow. And, and Kittle especially is concerning. He was supposed to be he was so healthy going in the offseason. That's all we heard about. How, you know, this is the best offseason he's had health-wise. And he's hurt already. They Like, what? what's going on with this guy? That, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is going to be – I'm putting a lot of chips in this basket with Brock Purdy because – he, because he's done a real, I, everything that I've seen of him in camp, there's been some, some weird stuff, but I think that he's a guy that he's going to be ready to go. I think if he plays to his potential, he's going to elevate this a little bit. The offense is going to have to score more than 17 points to win this game. Yep. I just, I don't, I, I, they can't, they're going to have to get into the probably 24 range at least uh, to win uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think they have the ability to do that. Even if George Kittle isn't there because they have, Kittle's one piece of it, but now that you have got you know now that you have Samuel and you have Christian McCaffrey, it changes Kittle a little bit because you can still get kind of Kittle's routes from some other people. So um, I got I hope that Kittle's available. I get I know where you're coming from though because they this guy's been hurt so much at the beginning of the year. Exactly, and he hasn't even had any contact yet. And I know George is, gets mad at me because I bring this up, but I don't think there's any way he finishes his deal with the Niners. He has no guaranteed money in his deal after this season. I just don't see it. I don't. I think if he didn't have the year that he had last year with Purdy down the stretch, where all of a sudden he just went nuts scoring touchdowns every week, I don't know that he would have been on the team this season, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he would have, but I think he's he's one of those guys who's in a prime spot. If, if everything works out well for him this season, he's in a prime spot for what you just said. He doesn't have any guaranteed money. So he's one of those guys we we're talking about earlier with the whole Bosa and how do you keep this team together? That's how you keep it together. If you like, if you're going to keep uh, George Kittle around, you can take all that guaranteed, all that money that he doesn't have guaranteed, and you can start to move things around, get him some cash, lower mm-hmm. his, and that's how you can lower his cap hit and keep him around because he's still one of the best tight ends in the league, one of the top two or three. If when he's healthy, um, he just needs to stay healthy, and I think that's been a struggle for him. Obviously, that is a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy's shoulders. 23 years old, just eight games of NFL experience. Your tight end is banged up. Okay, Brock, you're Bosa's not there. You're going to have to elevate everybody, carry everybody. It's on you. That's a lot on his shoulders. So let's be fair to this guy. He's going to have some growing pains too, because all young quarterbacks do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the, this is, that's one of the things that people used as a knock with him, right? Is that he had George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey for all of his starts last season. And that's something that I kind of kept track of without those guys. He was at like 68% this year. He was really good during training camp going against the 49ers defense. You look at his numbers in the preseason games, obviously it's just preseason, but he was able to move the ball, do a good things with this offense without those two on the field. Um, he's going to have McCaffrey against, against Pittsburgh. I think he'll be okay. Uh, there's enough other playmakers around uh, and he's, I don't think he really relies on those guys as much as people kind of think that he relies on one or the other um, because of his, the way that he plays the game is just so he just gets the ball out of his hands so quick. And if, if I would like to see if George Kittle doesn't play, man, I would like to see Kyle Huchek's role be elevated. So he's basically the tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do that? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. He's, he is so, he is so good. He's really the second best tight end on the team. 
right? I mean, he really is. He can, he yeah. because of the way they move him around, he can line up in all, all those spots. And uh, I would like to see him become a bigger piece of their passing game if George can't, uh, Kittle can't play uh, against Pittsburgh. There's another guy that won't be on the team next season. Kyle Juszczyk. This is I it. Agree with that. So, yeah. like, that's it's a weird – there's a lot on this year. There's a, The Niners could look very, very different after the season. And who knows what they're going to look like during the season because Nick Bosa still ain't there. And, I, yeah, I'm still just as mad about it as when we started the show an hour ago. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be cranky. And I got my thumbnail all made for when he signs the contract. It's ready to go. I'm ready to do the instant reaction show. And we're just sitting on our thumbs. Every night I do 49ers in five, which is like our quick five minute daily news update. And every night when I finish it, I'm like, am I going to have to start all over again? Cause Nick Bose is about to sign. And every night so far, I've been disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I've been wanting to do that show because those are the shows that get good, good reviews. And I want to, I want to get them out there. I want to be able to talk positively about Nick Bosa and not have it. You know, I put out a show yesterday where I, I used the title that he doesn't, he does, he's not worth the money, but, and people got all mad at me just because they didn't pay attention to what I actually said. That was, they have the, I think if you watch the first five minutes, you understand the title of that show, but you know, get, get this guy in here, get Nick Bosa signed. You need him. If you're a Super Bowl team that you said you're going to be, Get it done. I mean, that's your goal, right? That's why you couldn't keep, like you said, you couldn't keep Trey Lance around uh, and all that type of stuff. So go ahead and, and make sure that you've got these guys ready to go week one. Days away from the season starting. I'm still excited about it, but yeah, hopefully Bosa gets in and hopefully that we can put that behind us and then it'll just be about the football. Imagine that. Jack, thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. If you're not subscribed to Jack's YouTube channel, please do it. I promise you it'll make you a better, smarter fan. You can follow him at Jack Hammer underscore NFL on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. But thank you so much, Jack. Again, I, I feel bad always not giving you a lot of notice for these shows, but you always come through for me. Ah, no worries, man. It's it's I, I, my girlfriend tells me I watch too much football anyway, so it's I'm ready to go at moment's notice. We're ready to go. Anytime yeah. you need me, let me know. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. We'll talk to you soon.